So open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Today, we're going to start looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And I was talking to Zane about this this week. We, we were out together on Friday, and I said, you know, instead of going right through all the fruits real quick, the fruit, the fruit, we're going to go through it slowly. So today we're going to look at, we're going to look at love again. I didn't quite finish what I wanted to with the love, love that the Spirit produces in us. And then um, joy today. So we'll look at love and joy, and then next week we'll look at a couple more. Something I want to start off with, okay. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, right? That means it's all the same. It comes from the same source. So imagine a cluster of grapes. You ever go, we go to the grocery store and we buy a cluster of grapes and they're all attached to a, to a vine, right? So imagine, because it's singular in the text, the fruit of the Spirit. Now all those grapes are the same fruit, right? Exactly the same. You pick one grape and eat, it's a grape. You pick the next one, it's a grape. It's not an orange, it's not a, right? So imagine that. The fruit of the Spirit is like a, a cluster of grapes. One is love. One is joy, one is peace, one is long-suffering, you see? So just, just to give you an idea of how, why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, because it all comes from the same vine. It all comes from the Holy Spirit of God, yeah. yeah. And Christ is the one who sent the Holy Spirit, yeah, and, to, and, and he, he gives, and, and if you notice too, all this fruit is foreign to us. The love of God in our hearts is foreign to us in our natural birth. See, we can't produce that. That's why Satan can't counterfeit that. These are things that Satan, these are true things that Satan can't, now he can counterfeit joy, but not the joy of the Spirit. He can counterfeit love, but not the love of the Spirit. Right? And the works of the flesh, this is something I was listening to Henry this, this week too. I want to bring this out. I thought it was fantastic what he, what he said. The works of the fruit is something we produce naturally. But the fruit of the Spirit, we cannot produce it. We can't, it has to be produced in us by God the Holy Spirit. But the, fruit, the works of the flesh, which we looked at last week, man, we just naturally produce those. They just come out of us like they're nothing. Zay and I were talking. You ever do this? You've been in church, you listen to a nice message or listen to a message in your car and all of a sudden you're, you're driving down the road and someone cuts in front of you. What the? Yeah, see? Right? Dave's looking like I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, just check, check everybody's being the truth, telling the truth, right? Isn't it true though, right? We, we instantly react. So it just shows you that that's something we can, we naturally produce, even as believers, right? But now here's something to comfort you. I heard from DJ Ward this week that was just magnificent. Nothing we can do, nothing we do will affect our salvation in Christ. Because it's not in us. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. It hangs on Christ. It hangs on our Savior. Isn't that wonderful? So even though we still produce these works of the flesh as saved people, right? It doesn't affect our salvation. Now that's, that's, that's incredible. That, that'll give you joy, right? That'll give you peace. 
It's amazing. So let's read from Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 26, just to see the context of our verses, which actually we'll just be looking at the first um, love and joy of, of the fruit of the Spirit. Starting in verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. There's the war. Civil war within the believer. And the Spirit against the flesh. And those things, and these things are contrary the one to another. So the works of the flesh are totally contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. Right? And that's the battle. That's the battle. The old, the old flesh, the old man, and the new man. And they are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You, we, we don't want to sin, do we? We don't want to. But this flesh, like Dottie Bell says, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh. One day we're going to shed it, beloved. Oh, my. It says here, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Well, Hallelujah. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So again, those are naturally produced in us. We, we produce them naturally. Now here we go. When we're born again, this is what the Holy Spirit produces in us. But the fruit of the Spirit, remember the cluster of grapes, right? One's joy, one's love. Here we go. Is love. That's God-given love. Joy. That's rejoicing amidst the times of just chaos. Right? Peace. That's a peace that passes all understanding. Long-suffering, being long-suffering with our brethren and with other folks, too, even with, with unsafe folks. Gentleness. Gentleness. Remember, the Lord said, I'll send you out amongst wolves. Well, we're just like sheep, aren't we? We go out, we're, we're like sheep for the slaughter. Gentle. Now, that doesn't mean let someone walk all over you. That's not what that means. That's not what that means. We're to be gentle with folks. Kind heart, tender hearted. And it says gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. That's quiet strength. Quiet strength. Underlying quiet strength. That's, that's I, I, I believe that's the Lord giving us that strength. In, in, in our weakness, he is strong. He produces that in us. He brings us low, doesn't he? Brings us low. Temperance. That's just mo moderation. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Remember, we're, we're, we've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. I live, Paul said. But not I. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? We've crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. I was talking to Zane. We had a really good talk on Friday. And one of the things we were chatting about was that when we're tempted, and we all are, we all get tempted. When we're tempted and tried, 
turn on a sermon. And I'll tell you what. It does not take long for that to go away. And pray that God will, God will give you the strength to overcome that. And I'll tell you, one of the best ways to overcome is just to turn on a message. Sermon audio is at our fingertips now, right? We always have it. The message is there. So just find a preacher that you want to listen to and, 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 and listen to them. And, and just listen to them preach about your Savior. And I'll tell you what, that temptation that's in your mind, because the battlefield's always right here, isn't it? It's always right here. That thing will just start disappearing as you start focusing upon Christ. And this is biblical, because Paul says, set your mind on things above in Colossians, right? Our affections on things above, which is, which is Christ. <laughs> so take note in verse 20, 22 that the word, the word spirit is capitalized. This brings forth that this fruit is only by the working of God, the Holy Spirit. We can't produce it. it. It comes about by the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of our works, right? Really, if you want to say the fruit of our works is the works of the flesh. Again, we just produce that naturally, don't we? But look at this wonderful words brought forth here. But the fruit of the Spirit, singular, capitalized, in reference to God, the Holy Spirit, not the spirit of man, but the spirit of God. And man in his natural state is dead spiritually. We can't produce um, these, these, this fruit of the spirit, but we can, we can naturally produce the works of the flesh, which we read in verses 19 to 21. And take note of the fact that it's called the fruit of the spirit, not fruits. It's a complete package. And every believer has them. Every believer is given them in measure by the Holy Spirit of God. Right? Some hundredfold, some sixty. Right? It's, it's by the measure of the Spirit. By the measure of the Spirit. But, it, but every born-again, blood-washed saint has this. Because, number one, the, law, the love that's mentioned, that's the, that's the love of of God shed abroad in our hearts. It's being placed there by God. It's not natural to us. Now, again, like I said, naturally, our, our natural love is very selfish. If we admit it, our natural love that we're born with is very selfish. Right? But this love is selfless. This love desires to serve Christ. This love desires to to learn more about him. This love, Christ is our all in all. See, it's foreign to us. Because in our natural state, we don't have that love. All we want to do is please the flesh. Right? And we've all been there. I don't even have to tell you anything. We've all been there. It's our natural sinful state. Now let's consider the fruit of the Spirit. Read verses, verse 22 and 23 again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So the first one we see mentioned is love. First one we see listed is love. You know why? Because everything else comes from that. From the love of God came our salvation. From the love of God came our election. 
From the love of God came our justification. From the love of God, Christ was sent into this world. So it centers with the love of God. It, it has to be primary, doesn't it? Remember what Paul wrote in, um, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, charity there is love in the Greek. And he says, if you don't have love, everything's just like a, like a, like a sounding cymbal. That's all. Ting with no... See, if, if we don't have this love, the profession is nothing. But this is worked in us by God the Holy Spirit. You see, isn't it wonderful? And remember, the purpose of this epistle is to show the difference between law and grace, right? That's the whole purpose of this epistle. And what is love? It's the fulfilling of the law, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Christ. And Christ so fulfilled the law perfectly for us, brother, that there's nothing for us to do. It's all finished. What a, what a hope we have. What a hope we have, beloved. It's amazing. And this love, it comes from God. And we can testify of that, can't we? Brother Brian, did we have this love in our natural state? We didn't have it at all, did we? But now that we're born again, think of the love we have for each other. We love coming here, don't we? We love hearing the gospel. We didn't love that before the Lord saved us. No. Loved ourselves. And even we still have trouble, even after we're saved, with loving ourselves, don't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> I remember hearing the grace preacher the first time, and he said, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. And I about fell over, because I'd never heard a preacher say that. <laughs> but we all struggle, don't we? Every single one. I'm just a saved sinner preaching to other sinners who, who the Lord saved or who may be lost, right? This message is going to go out into the world. There are people there that don't, do not know Christ. And our prayer is that that the Lord would, by his providence, would have them listen to a message, and if it be his will, save them. Right? My, oh my. Or if they're a believer, build them up in Christ. Right? Oh my. And this love comes from God. It doesn't grow naturally in our heart, because our hearts are, our natural heart is a heart of stone. We need a new heart, don't we? Holy Spirit does heart surgery on us. Yeah, yeah, it's a transplant, all right, brother. It is. He gives us a heart transplant. Right, brother Tom, you've had heart surgery. But God, God's given us a new heart, brother. He's given us a new heart that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. We didn't have that heart in our natural state. No, but now, oh my, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And what does the scripture tell us? Brother, it tells us that God loves us before we love him. My. That's the greatest news I've ever heard. That God loves me so much that he sent Christ to die for my sins. And, that, and then you find out, well, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've had my eye on you before you were even born, before you were even a twinkle in your dad's eyes. 
I've loved you from eternity in Christ. That's overwhelming, isn't it? But it's truth. It's truth. Oh, my goodness. What Herein is love. Not that we love God, right? But that he loved us. And what did he do? And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved of God. If God, loved, God so loved us, we ought also to love one another then, right? That's 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 to 11. God loves us so much that he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Remember he surrendered his son? We were looking at that in the Greek. He surrendered his son. Surrendered him for us. That, that word delivered by the Terminate Council on Foreknowledge of God. He surrendered his son. And Christ surrendered himself too to the will of God, didn't he? To be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, and then the Holy Spirit teaches us these wonderful things. These wonderful truths. Christ died for me. My, and he does that heart operation in us, brother. <laughs> We've got a new ticker now. Right? Oh, my. It's a heart that hungers and thirsts. I'm going to keep saying it. Hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And that righteousness is only Christ, isn't it? Right? Mm, my. And love is the fulfilling of the law. If, if, if I love you... I won't steal from you. I won't speak evil of you. I won't covet your home or your car. I won't do that if I love you. Right? Or I, I won't covet any of your possessions if I love you. I remember there was someone who went to this church and they said to Vicki, I'm so jealous of you in that house. And Vicki and I were like, What? You got a home, you got a family, you got kids, and you're jealous of us in the house? What? We don't own the house, the church owns the house. See, that, that's covetousness. And that's awful, that's an awful thing. But it revealed a lot about that person. And we just stored it away. They're no longer with us now. We just stored it away. In the thoughts, right? And then when something happened, we were like, well, that's not surprising then. See, I don't cover your things. I love you guys. I'm thankful that the Lord's given you everything he's given you. That's a great blessing, isn't it? It's all his anyways. Everything I own, all the stuff in, my, in the house that the church owns, is God's in it. He just gave it to me. And when I die, you know what's going to happen? It's going to go to someone else. <laughs> it, it won't be mine anymore. <laughs> I, I love Neil one time. He was telling me this story. I love this. He goes, Wayne, I was thinking of buying a new chainsaw. And I said, you were thinking of buying a new chainsaw? He says, yeah, my old chainsaw is starting to get a little. But then I thought, why should I spend all that money getting me a new chainsaw and someone else is going to get it? <laughs> so he stuck with his old chainsaw. <laughs> oh, my. Eh? Oh, my. My, oh, my. So if we have this love, 
We won't, we won't covet things of our brethren. We will love our brethren. We'll love Christ. We'll love the gospel. We'll love the Bible. We'll love these things, beloved. Oh, and you know why? Because we know that Christ has for, that God has forgiven us for Christ's sake, like it says in Ephesians. Right? I am so unworthy of anything I have. And yet he's given us grace, mercy. I'm talking spiritual things, right? The other stuff is just stuff that's going to, it's temporary. It's just temporary, right? I work on a computer a lot. I do it, uh, most of my work on the computer. But it's just a machine that's going to break down one day and I'm going to have to get a new one or, or if it's still there when the Lord takes me home, someone else is going to get it. Right? It's just temporary. Everything we see is temporary. Everything. Even us. Even us. So this love of God in our hearts, we seek the good of others. Now, I rejoice when the Lord blesses you. Not just, not just with something um, materialistic, but spiritually more so than anything. I've seen so much growth in the body here. It's absolutely incredible. It's amazing. But I rejoice in that, that God is building you up in Christ. It's amazing. The unity, the love we have, it's incredible, beloved. Absolutely amazing. But that's all of God, right? That's that love that's now spread abroad in our hearts, right? Worked in us by the Holy Spirit of God. My, oh, my. So because we've been forgiven much, it moves us. It moves us to have a forgiving spirit now. It is easy for us to forgive others, isn't it? Because of how, God, how, much, how much God forgave us. And the word of God tells us if we don't have this love, this love of the spirit, we're nothing. It profits us nothing. Our profession profits us nothing. But if we have Christ and we know that he loves us, and we have everything, all the riches of the love of God in Christ, then we have everything. And as born-again blood-washed people, turn if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. As born-again blood-washed people, we are to rejoice in all things. And you know what we're to do? We're to glorify God. Whether you eat or drink, glorify God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We just acknowledge that all, everything we have comes from him. I have two wonderful kids. They come from God. He gave them to me. They're temporary, right? Just least. Like Dave always says that, and I love it. They're just least, right? But we thank God for our kids, right? My. We thank God for, for the homes we live in. We thank God for the clothes we can wear, the food that we have on our table. It all comes from him. Cars to drive. My, look at this. In 1 Corinthians 10, verses 31 to 33. Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give him glory for everything we have. He's our all in all. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles, so we don't go out and seek to offend people. Right? nor to the church of God, nor to our brethren, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit. See, he doesn't seek, he doesn't seek a following. He doesn't seek 
He doesn't seek crowd. He doesn't seek riches. He's serving God. He's preaching the gospel. He says, but the profit of many that they may be saved. To, to a preacher, someone being saved is worth far more than anything in this world. And it's the Lord that does the saving, isn't it? You know, some water, there's some preachers spend their whole ministry just watering. And some, somebody will listen to another message and boom, the Lord will save them. But it's God that gives the increase, isn't it? It's God that gives the increase. Every born again, blood washed child of God loves the Lord Jesus Christ because he redeemed us, he saved us. And we cry out, oh, for grace to love him more, don't we? We say, like, Peter, help my unbelief, Lord, please. Please. And to those who have this, this wonderful love shed abroad in our hearts, we don't desire to be under the law again, do we? I don't know. Don't even yoke me under the law. I don't, know. I don't even want to have anything to do with the law. Yeah, we're dead to the law. Man. We're, we're saved out from under the law. Yeah. That law has no claim on us because it, it, it extracted everything it demanded of us in Christ. You see how free we are? I, I was thinking something. I was thinking something. I got a little puppy now, right? Okay, a little puppy. He's, we keep him on the leash, right? Because otherwise, you take him off that leash, and whoa, tornado happens. We call him Hurricane Ollie. All of a sudden, man, there's just stuff's flying, right? Okay. But I was thinking, the law is like that leash. And, and remember how Paul said not to use our liberty for lasciviousness? I thought, when I let that dog off that leash, he's using that liberty to do whatever he wants. That's not what we're supposed to do. Isn't that amazing? We're... we're we're free. The leash is not on us anymore. And now we just quietly sit at the feet of Christ, don't we? We want to learn more about him. We're not tearing off like the dog does, right? No. That's why I always say, we can't go out that door and do whatever we want. Now here we are. Now we're like the gathering demoniac. We're sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in our right minds now. See, when that little dog gets let, he loses his mind. But we have the mind of Christ. I never thought I'd get a lesson from my dog, but it's amazing, though. It's amazing. My. So we see here, we're to do all things to the glory of God. Why? Because we love Christ. And it's the love of Christ that restrains us, right, from sin. It's the love of Christ that restrains us from going crazy out the door and sinning as much as we want to. We already sin more than we want to, don't we? Right now. Oh, my. And those who have this wonderful love, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, will not desire to be under the law. We're motivated by the wonderful, everlasting love of God now, which sent the Lord Jesus Christ into this world to save God's sheep, to redeem us from our sins by the shedding of his precious, precious blood. Now look at this. Let's go back to our text. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 
meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now the world offers a lot of things that causes the natural heart to rejoice and to have joy in its sin. Sin, the scripture says, is pleasurable for a season. But it extracts a great price, doesn't it? Because the wages of sin is death. Right? We're all going to die because we're born sinners. My, oh my. And worldly joy, it's temporary. I can testify to that. It's just temporary. Yeah, I'll tell you why. You know, people get a high from drugs and, and it, it, it vanishes. And people get a high from, from fleshy things and it just vanishes afterwards. It's temporary. It's temporary. You know, anyone who's departed from this world without Christ has found out that that joy is temporary. Anyone who's departed this world with Christ has found out that the joy we have now is the same joy we're going to have in glory because it's the work of the Spirit in us. But then that joy will be even manifest even more because we'll be seeing our Savior face to face. Oh my. And no worldly joy can compare to the joy that floods the soul of the believer when we experience the miracle of the new birth when we're born again. No joy even compares to that. And in the joy that God the Holy Spirit gives us is a joy that admits the turmoil of this world. They, we could have things going on in our lives. We could have things going on in the world that there's this underlying joy that cannot be taken away. And it only comes from God. It only comes from God. The apostle Peter wrote these words concerning believers. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, whom having not seen you love. In whom though now ye see him not yet believe and you rejoice with joy unspeakable full of glory. And that, that's what we have now. We've never seen him. But we have this joy of the spirit in us. And we joy with joy unspeakable in full of glory, glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. In Philippians, Paul wrote this. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. See, this joy has no confidence in the flesh. It's produced by the Holy Spirit of God. And it's again foreign to us. It's, it's, it's not worldly joy. It's the joy of the Spirit. My. What are some things that can fill the believer's heart with joy and cause us to rejoice in Christ Jesus our Lord? Well, here we go. We, as the redeemed of the Lord, can rejoice in Christ because we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That will cause us to rejoice, won't it? That will cause us to have some joy, won't it? We who are the redeemed of the Lord can rejoice in Christ because he, by his sovereign power, delivered us from darkness that we were in and translated us into the light of the dear Son. Oh, he did it all by his power. My, and we as the redeemed of the Lord can rejoice because Christ himself purged our sins. Purged our sins by the shedding of his precious, precious blood. 
my. And he has count, he, we, we who are the redeemed can rejoice because he works all things after the counsel of his own will. Right? Do you know, do you know if, he had, if he cast away one believer, he'd have to cast away Christ? G.J. Ward said, I was listening this morning, he said, he said, we're so secure in Christ that if, if God had to cast us away, he'd have to cast away his own son. And he would never do that. Whoo! My! <laughs> what a surety! What a, what a savior! What a redeemer! Is Jesus Christ our Lord? My! And we, we who are the redeemed Lord can rejoice because we know that in our lives, no matter what comes, God is working all things out for our good and for his glory. And we can have a peace about that. We can have joy in, in the midst of circumstances that are going on. And we who are the redeemed Lord can rejoice in Christ for the fact that he has promised to never, ever forsake us. Never! Never forsake us. And he's also promised that, that he which has begun a good work in us shall complete it, beloved. He started a work in us, and praise God, he's going to finish. He's, he's, he's working on them stones that we are, right? He's chipping off, oh, chipping this, and sometimes you're like, oh, that, oh, oh, right? But he's making us ready. So that when we pass away, when we go home to glory, we're a stone fit right in the temple without a sound, without a hammer. All the work is done here on us. All the work is done here on us. And it's all done by God the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful. Mm. And we who are the redeemed of the Lord can rejoice because one day... We're going to be delivered, brother, from this body of death. And we're going to be ushered up into eternal bliss. Where we will see the Lord of glory, brother Charlie, forever. That's where Denise is right now. She's seeing Christ face to face. That's where Joel is. That's where Wayne is. My, that's where Jim is. They are rejoicing, seeing Christ face to face. Kathy. No more Parkinson's. No more Parkinson's bugging her at all. None. She's rejoicing in the king. Isn't that wonderful? My, and you guys know Sylvia and all those other folks that were here in the past, right? My, oh my. Isn't that wonderful? Calvin Newell. Oh, I miss Newell. But I would never want to bring him back. He was like a grandpa to me. I wouldn't want to bring him back, though. I'm going to see him one day. Yeah, we're all going to see him. We who are the redeemed of the Lord, we're going to see him, beloved. Oh, my. Amen. So no wonder Peter said this joy is from the Holy Spirit. No wonder Paul here writes that this joy is from the Holy Spirit. And, and Peter wrote it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. No wonder. No wonder he wrote that. My, oh, my. And the believer's joy is based upon something more substantial than the fleeting joys of this world. It's based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's based upon him, not the fleeting joys of this world. 
We sing with Habakkuk, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the, st in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. He's saying, no matter this world be falling apart, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. That's, that, and rejoice there is joy too, right? That joy, where's it come from? God the Holy Spirit. He can't, what, in our natural state, what happens when the world's falling apart around us? No, no, the, you see the world. I, I talk to folks, we talk to folks all the time, right? Oh, this is so horrible. Oh, what are we going to do? And here we are as believers. We see everything going on the same way. And yet we have this underlying joy that can't be shaken. This underlying peace. Knowing that our master, our king, is sovereign. And he's in full control over everything. And what do we say? Amen, brother. That's right. Amen and amen.